Welcome to the Creative Plan Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Well, we will take this moment on August the 11th for RPG Day and examine ourselves. Okay, so it's the first, second, third. What's the 11th? So the 11th is examine. So take a moment to examine within and without. Okay, you got something good for examine? Go for it. Are we? Yeah, yeah. We're still recording. For examine, uh, let's go with the investigate skill. Uh-huh. Oh, let's just uh, get that right out of the box. Exactly. Um, so. Use that skill. Yeah. Uh, I, when running my game and when playing in D and D, which I don't do as often as I used to, um, people don't use the investigate skill. And they don't use the investigate skill right even when they do. They'll say, I'd like to investigate this room. It's like, well, really, that's not what investigation is for. Investigation is for finding clues in a room, perhaps. It's not for finding, you know, every single detail about this room and any given hidden thing. You have to be more specific about that. Alternatately, they'll use it where it's like, I am going to go ahead and investigate the body. It's like, well, it's a body. It's pretty easy to loot a body. I'll give you loot without you investigating the body. I'll give you loot for not investigating the body. (laughs) (laughs) Don't investigate the body. That's creepy. (laughs) Invading a personal space. Desecrating a corpse. It's illegal in most countries. (laughs) I'm going to do a full autopsy. But hey, they'll, they'll ask to use investigation for everything, and that's that's a problem that any system that has investigation or investigation analog has. Like in Genesis, it's, it, every time you two talk to me, I will bring up Genesis. Yes. <laughs> it's my favorite system. Uh, hey. Amen to that. It's an amazing system. And it More doesn't really have play it. Yes, they should. <laughs> in Genesis, it's really the perception skill that takes the place of investigation, because perception takes the place of so many different but in any system I mean, players are like yeah I'm going to investigate this and it's as if it's just examining an area when that's not what it is it, investigation should run more like say Sherlock Holmes where it's like yeah you look at an area and you can look at an area and see and see evidence or clues or anything like that it's it's your mental ability to link ideas, thoughts, and possibilities together. That's why it's an intelligence-based thing mm-hmm. in D&D, and not, you know, just kind of a 
wisdom thinking where it's like, yeah, you're really good at spotting things. It's, you have to be able to mentally link cause and effect. You have so, to examine the room and do that. So you're basically saying that players need to associate, examine with perception yes. rather than investigate. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, because I know a lot of people who they'll generate a passive perception score and a passive investigation score. Passive investigation. That's a thing. Yeah, I have never a, heard of that. It's on some character yeah. sheets now. Yeah, because people won't, because investigation is for finding traps, which I also disagree with. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I see that as more perception and yeah. or it's like then. you would. It's like investigation is something that you take your time to do, and you have to watch uh, and you put things together. Whereas perception is, yeah, I see that little. It's a string running across the pathway. That's a trap. That's a C. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah. That's perception. I don't know why anyone would use investigation to find traps. That's ridiculous. Um, unless, of course, it's an extraordinary elaborate trap, in which case they're trying to figure out like, it's a, the mechanism it's a that works. Goldberg it. machine, yeah. yeah. Rube Goldberg or, machine. Or like it's, it's a counterweighted corridor, like Hank <laughs> in you know some uh, well-known uh, Gary Gygax designed <laughs> murder box, in which there's a counterweighted <laughs> and uh, super slippery corridor that drops people into lava after they go oh, halfway down there. You can use investigation to realize that, like, the corridor itself is segmented from, like, everything else as you enter the corridor because it has to be able to swivel on that counter with the counterweight. Investigation would tell you, it's like, that's really weird. It seems like either this corridor or the rest of the entire dungeon moves. Probably not the rest of the entire dungeon, though that could be a really cool dungeon trick. <laughs> But again, it's still not investigation. Well, no, that, yeah. that would be investigation, drawing that uh, conclusion that something here moves. Okay. One of these two things. Seeing the crack is generally something that I would give, just have as a gimme for my players, because like, it's a crack, unless it's very well hidden, in which case, perception. So or I, might advantage use, I might use investigation for like a disarm. Where you're trying uh, to figure out yes. the mechanism. Yeah, for disarm, that's fine. For finding, finding traps, which is what a lot of people use it for, fuck yeah. It's dumb. Like, see, one of my best examples from Investigate is Prince Humpenink. Humpenink, Humpenink, Humpenink! Through all of the princesses' bright, every time they stop while looking for her, and he gets off his horse, and he's like, a large man fought a small man to a stencil, and he starts reenacting their fights. Yeah. That's a perfect example of how that's Investigation works. Jim tells you there's a you know the tracks and something happened here and then you roll your investigate to figure it out. Now finding the tracks that's based on wisdom. It's mm -hmm. called a survival check. Yep. And then investigate tells you what happened here. Yes. You signs of struggle. That's all I'm going to say unless you roll investigate. And see, all these things are are part of examine because you would use wisdom or just gimmies from uh, your GM mm -hmm. to examine the area and then. You as a player might be able to go, yeah, this is what happens on a meta level, but your character doesn't know that unless they make an investigation check. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, if you succeed, your character has successfully applied their own intelligence and cunning to this situation, and they can kind of understand what's going on. To me, it looks like this. Yes. And so that's why I think everyone is using investigation wrong, or just not using it. I don't use it. There's quite a few. Yeah. In Daggers of Freeport, you have a rogue who is a master detective. That's his yeah, character. That's, that's yeah. his thing. And that's where investigation kicks in. But he does investigate. Yes, he really does 
You mm-hmm. like sort of figured and out, you know, and of course I warned you guys accurately with the whole. It's like, ah, oh, you know, it's like. But of course, I warned you guys in that game. It's a lot of detective work, so that's why he made himself a great investigator. But I mean, uh, intelligence without wisdom is scholarship, and wisdom without intelligence is just hunch. Hunch. So you could be a master detective. You could be a Sherlock Holmes analog with a super high intelligence and amazing investigative role, and like a plus fifteen to it for some ungodly reason. <laughs> And as soon as clues are pointed out to you, oh, you fucking know what's going on. Yeah, you're collecting the... Yeah, but you might not be the person who notices the clue. Maybe the ranger with the eagle eyes who notices the string running as Watson running along that. Yeah. They're the one that's like, do you, do you see that? You, the person in high wisdom, the person who's very perceptive and can find things... They pointed out to the person who just kind of has this way of thinking that they're able to put two and two together better than anyone else. And they go, I see that string, I see where it's going, and I understand that uh, the uh, murder victim died at 2.23 in the morning uh, after tripping over a small child and being bitten by a chihuahua. Um, A saw blade swung down from this door, cleaving their hair, missing their head, but they died after a hammer came through the doorway on another string bashing in their skull. That's investigating. No it's also the most ridiculous. Again, going back to Princess Bride because obviously it's going to Princess Bride. <laughs> obviously we're not pushing in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's another one that you can use investigation for. Yeah. Investing, you know, you know, the guy whips out the one of these goblets is poison. Or is it? And you could use investigate to basically try to read them mm-hmm. with the whole house investigate yourself. And then they both rolled natural 20s, one for deception, one for investigate, and then you're screwed. <laughs> so one, to perceive an area is to examine it, whereas investigate is not an examination at all. It's yeah. just simply you're thinking through what's occurring. At an intricate action, get lost. And so that's... Not all I'm going to say in this video, because I'm certainly going to have some quips to say about what everyone else says, but that's that's my two bits. That's as far as you're going to examine examining? Yes. At the moment, at least. Everything else is just going to be short quips. You can go. I'll go again. For the word examine, the first thing that popped into my mind is examine your own motives. Ooh, that's a good one. Because... <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's not a malignant thing. It's a, whenever I've had really bad role-playing experiences, and frequently it's because, you know, I'm going through stuff, other people are going through stuff, you know, the game just went on way too long, you're playing Shadowrun, and your GM is oh, killing babies. Might be, I, as Kelly looks at me, I rarely do that, and it's usually with emphasis. I like it when my players do that. <laughs> I mean, and then, and actually, to that. be, to, y'all, to be y'all fair, sit through a session where I beat two orphans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be fair, the GM didn't kill the babies, the villain was going to kill the babies, unless we stopped them. Hey, 
No, <laughs> you're preaching because that happened exactly in the game that we're talking about, and it was the audience that wound up killing the baby. Oh no, I was talking about he was the drow. Yeah, no, that they weren't babies. They weren't babies. Yeah, but at that they were children. But but at that particular time, the group just wanted to be done with the adventure, and it was a side quest. Oh. Oh. The strategy quest that never ends. And we really, basically me and one of the other guys said, okay, so what you're saying is that we can either go to the base and do the thing that the adventure's going to be over on, because that's basically why we're here, or we can do this side quest and save babies. When our main quest is to save the world, now, yes, if we save the babies, we'll get more XP, and typically we'll be able to be better off because we'll have more skills, and we'll be able to fight them. But, you know something? You brought us back from the dead to do this mission. There's the greater good. Yeah, but I'm and sorry, we, if you threaten yes. the babies, that's emotional blackmail, and you want to help the babies. And, and, and we, no, 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 and, and we just... We just don't. We want to be over with this adventure. Yeah, let the baby die. That sounds like they they should have examined the the (laughs) group's moment, and it's like maybe we should wrap up for the night. This this wasn't the night. This was like a long. Oh, this was years. Oh, of gaming group, and we were just. Sometimes you need to let a campaign Then it's die. time to do, switch to a different campaign. Yeah. Do something like to refresh yourself. Mm-hmm. Literally, hey, let's drop some new characters just to get a different perspective. You could always theoretically go back to the other one. We were both cybered and pumped out. Yeah. <laughs> it's very... You know, you get and, and, and going back to examine, I will admit that me and the other guy pretty much deliberately wrecked his campaign. And part of it was on purpose because we were going, we don't want to do this. And the GM went, okay, you get bad karma. And I went, yeah. Okay, we get bad karma. The other player was like really upset for a while, but I just let's just be over. And honestly, I did not handle it really well at all, and my motives were, were far from pure. And I should have just kind of like taken myself kind of out of the game, but it was one of those things where we'd been doing it for so long. It's ritual, long, and that it was ri- yeah. yeah. You know, it was, it was, I was basically, I was basically playing so that way I could, you know, meet with my friends every day. Yeah. You know, and again, it was just the wrong week on the wrong mission on the wrong, and it just went downhill from there. So, you know, if, if ever you're, if, you know, you just examine your own motives every once in a while. Give yourself that check. Give yourself that check. Okay. Oh. 30-ish minutes. Oh, okay. okay.
Um, uh, for me, I guess, remember to examine your character sheets. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I love you. <laughs> Lucky? <laughs> well, no, that's just, you know, yeah, no. Uh, make sure you know what your uh, racial uh, abilities are. But no, examine your character sheets because it's like all too often it's like, where did I put my, where's my speed? Where's my, you know. Where's my speed? I exactly. snorted it all. <laughs> no, like, I mean, you are, I mean, and spell DCs and those types of things. Like, because most of the, they don't have it directly on the main sheet, but I like to have it on my main sheet, so I write it down. But so I don't have to hunt for it. Oh my god, that you is know? such a good point. Uh, I, I've DM'd for a lot of novice players, and the Necromancer in my, my Saturday campaign that I ran last night on August the 10th, a Saturday that certainly is not in the future, <laughs> <laughs> is a new player, and they decided to play a Necromancer. That's a rough class to play. Wizard. Wizard is a rough. that's an advanced class. But um they they love the spell. Like they they highly enjoy the character and the spell casting and all that and they can be understand like the math behind spell slots and all that stuff, which is fine. But they just never remember their spell save DC. Mm-hmm. And it's like Because it's usually is, buried in the bag yeah. it's one little tiny thing. That's why I on my character sheets, whenever I have a caster I write it directly at the mm-hmm. near the near the top like underneath, and, and then I highlight it in a because I, that way. But if you're examining your sheets, your your character sheet, and you know where things typically are, I mean, because but different games have different formats, and heck, even the same game that you get like a an official character sheet or an unofficial character yeah, sheet, like exactly, it might be in different places. But examine it so that you don't. I mean, because we're all guilty of like, you know, oh, oh, that's you're right. Excited. Where is it, you know? You're in the role playing and forget the R O L L on your paper. Exactly, when you have to, like, but if you have it, if you examine it and you refresh your memory, not just. You and know, it comes back to, like, I remember back in the day with Riffs. Riffs, you had like 30 skills, you had your fighting, which was like eight different stats. Rewriting your stuff helps you memorize, and a lot of people don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. In, in the era of just quick print and go. Yeah, I'll be yeah. fair. I don't rewrite my character sheets. <laughs> uh, it depends if it's a couple levels or it's not dramatic or, or anything. Well, and, and I, it's to, easy to. And going back to Genesis, remembering what all your talents are. Holy yeah, crap, yes, this is a three-page monstrosity. Yeah, I love it to death, but. It's beautiful, but Lord. it's it's paperwork. It really but, is. But you really, right before you start gaming again, don't die. Are you okay? Re-examine your sheet so you become reminded of all so those excited. different trees. What was that? Did the seat break or did you just? I, skip? I have I have the uh, legs of the chair oh. popped up on the heels of my feet, and then they slipped. You failed your your. I failed my coordination roll. <laughs> I was gonna say deck save, but let's keep the Genesis. Yeah. No, oh, the, the Genesis yeah, sheet. Like you got a sheet of all your base stats and skills, mm-hmm. and like your weapons. It's kind of like it's the front page of the regular D and D sheet. You have an entire page of fluff and inventory. The brief talents. It's not fluff. It's background. Like you get your. It's mostly. It's fluff. 
in inventory. It's like to send me your it's motivations. It's RPG reminders. It's yes. your motivation. And then you have the talent tree. And then you have talents, talent which are effectively one. things that you spend and use. It's it's almost exactly like the D&D three-page character sheet when you think about it, because in D&D, it's your base stats, your skills, and your attacks, and some features. Mm -hmm. Your fluff and inventory. <laughs> and then your spell spells. But as yeah. you spend your experience points, those, uh, uh, those grids get pretty beefy. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you want to examine them. And I like right before the session starts again, I like to re-examine my character sheet. Um, and, I mean, I've actually started doing a journal now of the games, not just... And... and Right before the game starts, I re-examine those notes because even though <laughs> um, uh, the podcast is available and stuff, just having that tangible reference with mm -hmm. me, um, whereas I won't necessarily have the podcast with me, you know, that I can, I, I've started doing that. And of course it's color-coded. <laughs> yes, each character is a different Color. No, no, each campaign is a different, you it's know. Character. And you're starting to take down the same quotes that I did. Yeah, just a couple of them, you know, that in the last two sessions, uh, that just because it was hilarious. Yeah, um, and... It's become a thing yeah. now. Mm -hmm. so I'm glad I started it. But I find that it's, it's so much easier to keep track if I do that, and I re-examine those before a session. Mm -hmm. um, because also it helps like if somebody didn't listen to the podcast but they were gone for yeah. like a couple sessions like we have this one where uh, we're specifically characters were specifically created in case they can't always be there it's a so month a month, once a out. month game but they can go in and out so that you know because life happens and uh, we're all really busy this way, oh, well, you know, well, where did we leave off? Oh, well, let me show you, you know. Here, let me give you just the highlights, you know. Mm -hmm. Or adventure. Yeah, exactly. See you next back time. Next I, in D&D, &D at least, I always make my characters tell me what happened last time. Like, my players tell me what happened last time. So I know what the hell they, they remember. remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a Jim, good way of that's what matters. Not what I did, uh -huh. you know, what anyone did. What they think happened is, is, is what happened. Is their yeah. reality. And like cause Jim will sometimes ask, Well, why don't you tell us when last we met? And I'm like, It's also oh, great when going through your notes. Right, where was and I? GM stuff while they're talking. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I've I've started mm -hmm. doing that and a couple of our other players in our group also keep notes as to what occurs so that's that's nice because then we can kind of compare notes and I keep focus. Of course like, I don't do that in our Twilight Imperium game because it's so episodic. Yeah. So the, see that leads to my one which is re-examined but from a different point of view. As a storyteller, both GM and player, because players are storytellers too for the character story, re-examine at milestones your character's story. Now, it could be the GM needs to re-examine the story of your story was going here, but now it's going here. So change change tactics and stories. As a player, this is a fun one for players, though, is the 
see what your character you created was and what your character is at, say, like level two, level three at your milestones. How has your character developed as a character? Because we all know when you when you play a character and that player has a personality of his own that is counter to your own and you're actually in the zone playing your character because I would do this, but my guy Thorin the Paladin will definitely do this because it's stupid, but it's what he would do because it's the character's character. Re-examine your character or your story where it is. Because it could be, hey, your players were playing a story where we're supposed to defeat the dragon to save the kingdom to do this, but then you realize after playing a couple months with the player group, they don't care about the dragon. They're actually wanting to play an economy game. Seriously, you know, where they are more important about saving the alchemical town and letting the rest of the kingdom burn. To, to play the potion game of selling potions in different places. So re-examine where the story is and where it needs to go. Because so it needs to trade with the dragon. See, that could be the thing. You know, it could be the, well, we're going to make a love potion and give it to the dragon and then have him carry our wares for us from town to town. You know, it's just, just re-see where you, re-examine where the story is, whether it's a character or an adventure, you know, GM or player level. And see where it's going. Because it could be, you know... So you might need a redirect. Yeah, you might need a reboot for the character to fix things. It might be that you're like playing... your a, campaign manager that you were referring to probably should have done that to ascertain maybe my players really aren't, you know, that we, we need to or redirect. re-examine, you know what they could have done at that point. It's had a heroic last stand where you guys either die or don't know where the ending is. And then fade to black. And hey guys, we got to do another campaign. Uh, it, I watched this really cool movie, and I got this great idea for another adventure that is completely different. We well, have to cleanse the palette once in a while, mm-hmm. which is nice to do lots of different types of games yes. than just one of the same group, the same characters on the same campaign for an extended period of time. Otherwise, it can get a little too... Uh, pedestrian and you know you need stuff to like really break you out of the you know the zone when you're you're talking about re-examining the character Mm -hmm. part of that is the character's progression Mm -hmm. but how many players never progress their characters emotionally or but that's actually a part of it because Mm -hmm. if you're playing if if, again R.O.L. If you're playing the same thing all of the time and there isn't any growth and there isn't any, you know, that's kind of an indication of being stuck in a rut. Mm-hmm. So some players just like they do, and that's they're comfortable that. with that. And you don't necessarily want to take a player completely out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But what you can do as a GM is you go, okay, here's your little box, and I don't want to take you out of your box, but what happens if you were given this choice? Mm-hmm. Which and, is, as a storyteller, that's right, part and of it. As, as, as a storyteller, as a GM, one of the things you want to do is you want to set up situations where you don't know how the players are going to react. That's the and best game. That's the best game. And the other important part is that it doesn't matter to the GM which path they take down because they're both interested. Yeah. 
because there isn't a, oh, you know, they're going to do this and, you know, they're going to win or they're going to do that and they're going to lose. Whichever path they go down, it's just their life. It's the story. It's the story. I actually had a uh, Scion character that the way she started out, you know, um, was a very specific way and through a campaign, by the end of it, this character was broken emotionally. Yeah, I'm looking at you. I mean, she, I mean, she is emotionally scarred and damaged. Uh, if she wasn't result. damaged, she would have died on a meteorite cliff. True, it's true. But <laughs> but the way the story progressed, you know, I mean, her they heart was a damned if you do, damned if you don't for the door exactly. too. I, that's true, but for this character, his heart got broken and he got hit by a meteorite. But Loki <laughs> used her as a fucking foil. Her own father, in her point of view. Played her like she was, and like. Let's take so. a moment and examine. <laughs> what would Loki do? That's true. <laughs> but but what, what would be a child's reaction to being Wait, that's, used that's, as a? That's exactly exact, as as a so, character. You're examining the character's natural. Exactly. Production. So that character who started off one way at the. When I look at her at the beginning of the game, where she was this mischievous, you know, stage you magician, know, and now she's. She's dark and horribly depressed. She's on her way of being like Morgan Le Fay She now. is, she's about ready to sign up with her half-sister Hell and, you know, fucking reap the... <laughs> reap the whirlwind. I mean, this character, I mean, because the certain GM, like, basically almost made it that her character is freaking responsible for Ragnarok. <laughs> now, see, that's the beauty of... Apocalypse in Scion. It's fated to happen. No one person is responsible for it. From my character. Exactly. Except for the certain things that happened during the game. Some it typically wound up being my character's chore. A child of Loki. It was the greatest GM. Because of course ever. Loki, you know, Loki gives the Ragnarok worst anyways. directions ever. Oh, he sent them so, to us an auction, and he just said, "Don't win the stone. Don't let anyone else no, he, win." Yeah, he didn't even really say, "Don't win it." It was more like, you know. But so basically, this character now essentially believes that Ragnarok's going to happen because she fucked up so many times. Well, Ragnarok was always. Going the yes. ring, too. I mean, that was the bad guy uh, told her, You have this magic ring. A family member of yours will die every day if you don't get rid of it. I'm the bad guy. I don't want the ring. Kelly, Throw it in the ocean for all I care. There are some very strong emotions about this. Yes, I think we should uh, examine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your she, she definitely is. It's your mother. Yeah, so. Uh, no, no. Her mom was in that silent game and scared us all. Yeah. Her character was a daughter of Poseidon, maybe. No, Nord. 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 Scion, a uh, seal. Yeah, oh my god. Who, who had her boys. And then when she got tired of them. Oh, she went so dark and like. And this was like. My, Trevor was. 
13? No, he wasn't even 12, that. 13, I think he was like, like yeah, 11 or 12. Hey, he handled his love triangle like a champ. He did. <laughs> it was so sweet. No, it was because here's this little boy who's never, you know, and he's playing a uh, sign of Ool. Uller. Uh, Uller. And who had a chain wallet that turns into a 50 caliber rifle. Yeah. And uh, silent characters have magic relics. So he winds up meeting this nymph, so to speak. She's Uber working nymph. for her the Titans, the, the bad guys, so to speak. Her mom, the Titan of Rain, yeah. Rain who drowns people and gets the drowned people's souls. He was so sweet and he treated he was a perfect gentleman, which I applaud him for that. He played her like Ariel. He Cute just, little redhead. And now the youngest of the seven sisters. So they actually really like each other. So they see beyond it was like a kind of it's kind of Romeo and Juliet where the two opposing factions and here's these star-crossed lovers. And the know. Norse pantheon has a habit of seducing oh, yeah. the opposite side and bringing them over. Mm-hmm. And, and like I basically get to ask him a character, are you genuine in your emotions to her? Are you are you deceiving? And he's like, no, I. I and he like, I want to be nice. he had to sit there and examine exactly what how he wanted to take it. And I applaud him for being the outstanding young man. And uh, and by you throwing the ring in the water, she succeeded in her mission for their mother. So she didn't have to kill him. Well, she never had to kill him. It was just the ring that she was yeah. supposed to get. She was the one there to pick up the ring. But you guys didn't know until the very end when the bad yeah. guy's like, you threw the ring in the ocean. Yeah. Well, and gee, I think we've examined today's subject quite yeah. enough. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kelly's got many GM issues with her husband. Yeah, no. Freud would say you must take your husband home in a manly way. <laughs> but yeah, no, that character is But in an awesome way, because look at the But she has this whole, whole arc of. As opposed to Val, who, you know, totally Val different. Val has a different arc. Yeah, her arc's totally different. She ended up in face. Baby. Baby. And again, examine. <laughs> Your feelings, and just the fact that you're still feeling it so much—that is how awesome well, it is. Yeah, that's how awesome the game was. Exactly, and the character had to examine themselves mm-hmm. because it's like mm-hmm. they're not who they started out as. Which goes back to re-examining your, your milestones of your character. I'd like to examine the statistics on RPG a day. For <laughs> how many times in every single talk? People bring it back to the word, word just like yeah. that. <laughs> I really like to examine those statistics. <laughs> hey, I mean, because this year is completely different than previous years. It's I like a sense. I was just telling Scott earlier. A uh, yeah, it's like. It's, what's the first RPG really you play? Yeah, yeah it's, it's this gives you so much more expanse as to. Mm-hmm. I mean, interpretation and... You guys have all gone, like, very philosophical with examining. And I'm like, I'm just, well, with examining specifically. No, because don't you remember when we started, like, I was like, yep, I'm examining the, the, but you said it when you did the... Yeah, it's like, I I immediately went into investigating. It's like, game mechanic. And you're all, philosophically, what does it mean? Well, because you took took the 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 obvious obvious one. Because I had a really good hot take on it. (laughs) Because you're like, damn it, people, use investigate and use it correctly. Hey, mine was pretty not philosophical. It was explicit to examine your character sheet. Yeah. And I'm like, it's all about story, guys. Reexamine your story, where you started, where you've been, and where you want to go. Your yeah. Yeah. I, I'm almost always philosophical. 
You're very cerebral. Mm-hmm. You like examine your motivation. I think we should bring this to a close. We should, since it's closing time. Yeah, as I closing time. time. <laughs> Usually, Kelly is the one that does that. She's somewhat tired. I am. And tomorrow's is friendship. Friendship. Gee, we could just go out in the parking lot and do tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Circle of friendship time. And that's let me get all of you. Let me get all of you. Tuscan bookmark. Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And remember, be careful out there. There be dragons about. On the battlefield, I'm a warrior, ready to kill or be killed. I've defeated orcs from the north, sent Kandorian demon spawns back to the depths, and drank with Sumerian heroes. But when I get back from a hard day of disemboweling my enemies, I enjoy nothing more than to open my castle doors and find a dungeon crate as my reward for blood well spilled. Designed for role players and tabletop gamers, Dungeon Crate is a monthly subscription box service with a treasure hoard of loot you can use on or off the battlefield. Miniatures, dice, tokens, coins, maps, modules, terrain pieces, handcrafted items, RPG jewelry, and more are yours for only a few gold per month. You even get a digital crate along with a physical one as an added bonus. So what say you? Are you ready for postal glory? DungeonCrate.com. Let the adventure begin. I don't know. I think these one-word ones are a lot more provocative mm-hmm. than the previous RPG days, which were highly much more specific. Yeah. This gives you a lot more range. Yeah. What was your favorite, or what was the first time you did this? And you know. As an as an interviewer, I start with those questions, and then I find a one and just throw them out, <laughs> and it gets me to the questions that mm-hmm. I want to ask later. The more evocative ones that you know delve 